The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Okay, folks, if you want to just take your seats. It's great to see you. I just want to encourage you. I've got my friend here today, Andrew Janaid. Andrew hasn't, I don't think Andrew's preached here on a Sunday, have you? No. 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 Andrew has been in the church many times. Yes. Andrew usually makes an appearance on Wednesdays, which is why you don't see him. We pray with other pastors here on Wednesdays. Andrew is one of those pastors that we pray with. Andrew is part of Transform Bromley Borough and all the work that we're doing in bringing the churches together across the borough. He's at Brook Lane Community Church. He's a great pastor. I love him. He's one of, my, he's one of the guys that is around me and in my world and supporting me. And I just thought it'd be great for you to meet Andrew, to hear him preach. So we've invited him on this morning. So please give Andrew a welcome. You know, it's incredible because there were still some people that I could see that were doing this. My, oh my, we're talking about the king of kings here. We're talking about the lord of the universe here. We're talking about the one who's greater than the greatest president you've ever seen in your life. We're talking about the one who was and is and forever shall be. So if you know how to clap, and you've clapped really well, you don't have to clap this time. I'm really addressing these to those prim and proper people. Let's give it one more time to Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for not doing it for me because I asked you to do it. Because the Bible says that we should clap our hands anyway, isn't it? He said, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout with joy, with a voice of triumph. So the clapping and the shouting, which some people picked up on, you know, it's what God wants us to do. And sometimes when we come to church, we like everything to be nice and neat and, you know, prim and proper and, you know, and yeah, sitting correctly. But, but, but actually, church is messy because church is out of this world, even though it's in this world. Because we don't have to conform to what it looks like in the Royal Albert Hall when we're listening or watching a performance. We're at the right time. Everyone applauds, and at the next time, everyone has to be silent. 
But what we do is we are transformed as we're hearing about Jesus, as we're knowing Jesus more. We become transformed. And actually, that transformation gives us freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. I can imagine at home. Are you prim and proper at home or are you yourself? Do you think, oh, no, I better not sit there. Oh, no, I better not touch that because it's not 8 o'clock yet, so I can't touch that piece of chicken. Sorry, I like chicken. We, we don't do that. We're free at home, and this is home. Where two or three or more are gathered in his name, he's here. Amen. And so, church, I'd like us to be free. I know over the last couple of weeks that you've been talking about church, and I like talking about church. I like talking about church because there's so many wonderful things to talk about church. I'm not talking about what the BBC tell us about church. I'm not talking about what the media says about church. I'm talking about church the way Jesus sees it. And I'm going to be talking this morning just giving you a few bits and pieces, because um, I don't want to really steal from what Jonathan's already got planned for the next few weeks. So I thought I'll just add a few things. I, I, I want to say I like talking about Jesus, because when you see um, the church through Jesus' eyes, you see something incredible. I get excited by, by what I see and hear from his word. When you start seeing the church through the Bible, you'll start jumping up and down. Honestly, if you don't believe me, read the Bible. And then if you still don't believe me, read the Bible again. And if you still don't believe me, then ask someone else to read the Bible to you. And if you still don't believe me, then we'll lay hands on you and we'll pray and pray for a breakthrough in understanding. You see, the church that I get excited about, that I see and hear, reminds me over and over again that it's not a mistake. Do you know sometimes when you look at the church today, you get a bit discouraged. Has anyone been discouraged when they think about or hear about the church? But actually, Jesus founded the church. Jesus spoke the church into being. And it wasn't a mistake. Do you know, sometimes we, we look at the church and it looks like it's an experiment that's kind of gone wrong somewhere. It's kind of, you know, didn't quite go as planned. But, but actually, it is as planned. Why? Because Jesus spoke it into being. Because when Jesus founded the church, when he spoke to Peter and he said, I will build my church. He meant what he was saying. And, and I can trust what Jesus says when Jesus founded the church because he's the same Jesus that created the universe. And actually, the universe is sustained by the power of his word. So actually, he didn't make a mistake. Actually, the church isn't an experiment. I, I get excited about talking about the church because it's not a startup business. A startup business, well, well, we'll kind of see how it goes. And, you know, if the wind blows nicely, then it gets successful. 
but if not, well, it'll kind of crumble away. The church isn't Jesus' start-up business. The church is a going concern <laughs> because the church will go on and on and on. It was designed for eternity. It was designed to continue far after the world has ceased to exist. That's the church that Jesus spoke into existence. I get excited about talking about the church because Jesus spoke it forth. And so as a result, it is my favorite thing to talk about because it's something Jesus said. I, 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 I want to just um, remind us a little bit about um, what Jesus said in um, Colossians chapter 1. Um, and this is the season where I remember what I really like about um, the Bible. Because when I look at uh, verse 16 of Colossians chapter 1, it reminds me of what I'm part of. I'm part of this... <laughs> these words that were framed before the world began. I'm part of it. I, I don't know about you. I'm just talking about me because I don't really know any of it. But me, I'm part of something that Jesus set up before the world began. And, and he says from verse 16 that all things were created by him, including the church, and for him. That's the church. And in him, all things hold together, including the church. And actually, he is the head of the body, the church. So I have a lot of assurance, a lot of confidence in the church. Because it's not something that is man-made. It's not something that a group of guys just decided to put together because it looks like it's the right thing to do or because it's a profit-making business. Jesus put it together. So I like talking about the church. I like talking about the church because its value surpasses the value of the London Stock Exchange, the New York Stock Exchange, the Japanese stock exchange, the Chinese stock, stock exchange, the European stock. Combine them all together. The church is more valuable than any of these stock exchanges, than any of these organizations. That's why I like talking about the church. Why? Because the church saves lives. I don't see anything more valuable than lives being saved. And you know, you may say, but well, we've got a really good NHS. They save lives. I mean, sorry, you would have said that a while ago. I mean, the story's changing a bit now, but we won't get into politics. The NHS saves lives, but those lives still die. <laughs> you see, the church was designed, the church was designed to point people to the Savior so that we will never die. You can't put a value on that. <laughs> we are employees of God's NHS. We're the doctors and the nurses and the physicians and the opticians and everything else. 
but the lives we are involved in last forever. Amen. I like talking about the church because of the immense, unmeasurable power that it yields, the good that it gives to the world. If you look at the power of the church in terms of going to the oppressed, the needy, the poor, the broken, the forgotten, the persecuted, it's unmeasurable and not really reported much. But I like the church because the church isn't looking for a label. The church isn't looking for a title or accolades or an Oscar. The church is looking for the downtrodden. The church is looking for the oppressed. The church is looking for the persecuted. The church is looking for the broken. The church is looking for the hurt. The church is looking for the lost. The church is looking for the rich and the poor. The church is looking for the black and the white. The church is looking for the rich. The church is looking for the famous and the less famous. So I like talking about the church. I like talking about the church because of the guaranteed victory that we have. I'll stop. (laughs) You know, we can't fail because God's word never fails. And God really tried to help us when, I'll say it again, when Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, that I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not, or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I started thinking about that. And and my mind started going wild because I was thinking about what this gates of Hades look like. And the gates of Hades is an all-encompassing, massive uh, gate that looks to devour anyone it can get. To take it and pull it down into the abyss. But it can't touch the church. It can't touch the church because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Why? Because he has built us into a structure that cannot be swallowed up by the power of death. Are you excited yet? Hold on. Am I in church? (laughs) Just need to check. The the, the thing is, God has designed the church so that we're shielded, so that we're protected, so that we're covered, so that we are strong enough to overcome the power of darkness. That's why I like talking about the church. (laughs) I like talking about the church because we are not uh, a, a building, beautiful edifices, that has ornate features. But we are strong people, compassionate people, forgiving people, people that are filled with his power, that go around doing good, not because we are anything, but because he is everything and because he dwells in us. I like talking about the church because we are not the weak, the helpless, the broken. We're not. I'm going to be a little bit street here, even though that's difficult for me, my children tell me. 
Guys, do, do, do you know how the press portrays us? Do you know how the media, you know how your friends that aren't Christians portray us? They say we are uh, weak-minded. <laughs> weak-minded. But actually, there was an exchange when I became a Christian. And the exchange was my weakness for his strength. Because actually, his power is made perfect in my weakness. So I may have been weak before, but I'm not anymore because his power resides in me. I like talking about the church because actually you people, the world, may think we are weak, that we are irrelevant. Irrelevant? Wow. Before people existed, the church existed in the mind of God. Before systems and civilizations developed, the church existed in the mind of God. And actually, when these civilizations, when these organizations and these structures all crumble and fail, the church will continue to exist because it was designed for eternity and not for a season. That's why I like talking about the church. I like talking about the church because Jesus, who set it up and commissioned the church, is still championing it. <laughs> you, you, you know, it, it, it would have been a different case if Jesus said, okay, there you go, to the disciples, there you go, and go and see what you can make of it. You, you know, but I like Jesus, because Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. <laughs> he said, I'm going to send you the comforter, <laughs> the spirit of truth, <laughs> so that we can walk in the right path so that we will not be defeated, so that when the struggles come, when the, when the power of the enemy wants to overcome us, when the system of this age wants to deceive us, then we have the comforter, and he reminds us of the truth of who we really are. That's why I like talking about the church. You see, the church that I'm looking at isn't a struggling, hypocritical, weak mass or mess of powerless, defeated people. That's a lie. That's a lie. And actually, the lie is what the media tells us about the church. But actually, the biggest enemy is what the enemy says. What Satan wants to do. Satan wants us to believe the lie. But I tell you, church, that what Jesus builds doesn't fall over. You know, I was thinking about the three little pigs <laughs> and how they went to build their different structures, one of straw, one of sticks, and one of brick. And I realized that Jesus says we're like a house. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> we're a house. We can't be blown over. <laughs> Even if we're tossed to and fro, we still stand because we've been built by the word of God. So that's why I like talking about the church. You see, when I look at Jesus and I look through his lens and how he sees the church, I see something glorious. I see something incredible. I see something meaningful. I see something purposeful. 
You see, I like talking about the church because the church is the only organization in the world that succeeds because of one thing, love. <laughs> the church succeeds because of love. It's not because of skills. It's not because of experience. It's not because... <laughs> I, I can't tell you, except all I can tell you is love is what makes us succeed. So I'm going to say this, church. When we're not operating in love, we're not succeeding. Why? Because the author of the church, the one who commissioned the church, the one who leads the church and guides the church is love himself. So there is no way we can succeed except in love. That's a small challenge, by the way. We spend our time... Sometimes, I know we don't do that here because we're all holy and sanctified. <laughs> we spend our time on things that are of no eternal value. Am I talking to anyone here? No, of course not. It's BTC, of course not. You know, the church that Jesus sees is not the computer business. The church that Jesus sees is not the building business. The church that Jesus sees is not the electronics business. The church that Jesus sees is not the social media business. The church that Jesus sees is not the car business, car manufacturing business. The church that Jesus sees is not the music business or the entertainment business. The church that Jesus sees is the soul's business. You see... Think about it. When, oh yeah, there's no cameras, I can move around. You see, when Jesus, when God spoke of Jesus, he said, for God so loved the world, that what? Let's finish it off, church. Amen. That whoever believes in him, thank you. Now, Jesus didn't come for the fish. Jesus didn't come for the beautiful buildings. Jesus didn't come for the artifacts. Jesus didn't come for the money exchange places. Jesus came for people. And when Jesus commissioned his disciples to go, he didn't send them to go and look for the artifacts and preserve the artifacts. He didn't send them to go and look at buildings. He didn't send them to go and build an empire. He sent them to the souls. When I look at the church, I look at the church as people who are after people. might be getting a bit uncomfortable for some. But where a church out of love is not seeking after the lost. Where a church out of the love that Jesus had is not seeking after the broken. They're not the church Jesus sees. Because the Son of Man came to seek 
Thank you. That's what he came for. And that's what he commissioned us to do. So that's the church he sees. So anyone or any group of people, because we learnt last week, I listened to your message. <laughs> we learnt last week about uh, um, Ecclesia, about church being two or more. So any gathering where their focus, where their aim, where their actions are about other people, saving the lost. Jesus sees that and says, that's my church. That's my church. That's my church. And I'm saying this to stir the church up away from the myth that being a good Christian is about attending this gathering. I'm trying to stir us up to try and remind us of the Great Commission, because it's still great. I'm trying to remind us that we shouldn't come here just to tick a box and then, as some people say, get on with our lives. But actually, we've been called out of darkness into light, and the light of Christ fills us so that when we go out, we are light to the world. This is how I describe the church. I describe the church as lampposts positioned on streets. Now, those lampposts on their own, especially during the daytime, can do nothing. They're of no use. Actually, sometimes they can be a hindrance because I've bumped into one before. <laughs> they are positioned to produce light so that people can see. The church of God are like lampposts, positioned so that they produce light for people to see. You and I have been positioned. So you may think, I've come to BTC because I quite like it there. They're all friendly. Actually, I like the worship. But actually, most of all, I like when Jonathan preaches. So this is good for me. Hmm, I'm going to keep coming here. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Jesus positioned you here. He positioned you here so you'd be a conduit of light so that you can shine light to those who are in darkness. Seriously. That's why you've been called. There's nothing special about you, honestly. Seriously. There isn't. There isn't, except that Jesus called you, except that Jesus called me, and he's called you and I to be his church, that we would be a city set on the hill. <laughs> a city set on the hill. I'm looking at the time thinking, my, oh, my, oh, my. <laughs> I've got to stop in a minute. How am I going to do this? Because that was the introduction. Oh. <laughs> Oh! oh. <laughs> you know, one of those moments when you really need divine intervention and direction. I really need it now. Because how am I going to preach a half an hour message in five minutes? Okay, <laughs> Lord help me. <laughs> okay, 
So love, love is what drives me to shine, to shine. You, you see, I'm going to use that metaphor of the lamppost again and, and say that that lamppost cannot shine except the power goes through it. That lamppost cannot produce light except the power goes through it. And I'm asking you a question this morning. Are you shining? Because we may all say, yeah, I'm a lamppost. I'm a Christian. Great. Guess what? I can get an atheist and put an atheist in the middle of a room and he's surrounded by hundreds of Christians. And guess what? If I say, does everyone love Jesus? He will look around and see you all. Put your hands up. Yay. And you know what he'll do? He'll put his hands up. Does that make him a Christian? You see, if your light isn't shining, then there's a fault. And for me, Jesus' church is faultless. When Jesus sees his church, it's faultless. I like it when I say things like that because you see people move in different ways in their seats. Some people kind of like that, some people... Mm -mm. Don't worry, I'm not talking to you, don't worry. <laughs> you see, our light, church, has to shine. So we can be like Jesus. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a little controversial here. Are you attractive? Are, are you attractive? Say yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Clive, are you attractive? Definitely, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> So who's drawn to you? <laughs> He's done this before. <laughs> Who is, I, I'm, I'm asking this question seriously. What attraction are you giving to the world? Because the Jesus I know, <laughs> he wasn't married for a start, so his wife wasn't attracted to him. But the Jesus I know attracted people. And if we are light in the world, who are we attracting? Or are we repelling people? Or are we unnoticeable? Maybe our light's really dim. Or maybe it's not on at all. I like the church because when you look through Jesus' lens, it's perfect. But I have to ask you this morning, as I'm going to try and round up, are you the church? Are you? Are you? Are you shining? Are you attracting the lost? Where are you shining? I know. Under the bushel. In this building. Because we all know the Christianese terms, don't we? And the Christian ways of doing things. 
we can do that really well. So we're shining. But are we shining on the hill? Are we shining in the street, in our workplaces? Now I'm going to go really deep. Are we shining amongst our family? You know, those ones that are unsaved, that you know can't stand it when you talk about Christianity. You know, those ones. Are you really shining? How attractive are you really? The Lord help us. Because sometimes we go under this false guise of thinking, I'm all right. I'm all right. Because I give tithes, I give offerings. I'm always helping out in church. I'm always doing this. I'm always doing that. But who are you attracting? Because if the light of Jesus isn't shining through your life, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in your own time, that passage is always used at weddings. Love is patient, love is kind, love knows no wrong. And I sat back and I thought, why is it we always use it for weddings? It just seems to fit in nicely. But when Paul was writing that chapter, when he was writing, he wasn't writing it to a married couple or a couple dating. He was writing it to the body of Christ. And actually, when he was describing what love is, he was actually giving us our job description. We haven't got time. I've got to stop. <laughs> got to stop. Let's pray. We've got to stop. Lord Jesus, thank you because you love us and you called us out of darkness. Thank you because your light is what pours out through us so that the world can see you. And we pray, Father, for individuals here, Lord, that aren't shining or whose light has gone dim or who are not even positioned at all. Lord, we pray in your love and in your mercy that you would fill them with your light that your light would pour out and shine brightly. <laughs> so brightly that it would attract those who are lost in darkness, that they might find you because you are the light of the world. Lord, I pray for BTC and other churches that we would be conduits of your light. Lord, I pray, Father, that your light will shine brightly through Bromley and beyond. I pray for my brothers and my sisters here that we would be lights in our workplace, lights in um, the shopping centers, most of all that we would be light at home. Lord, that no darkness would be able to prevail. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.